Hey, it's Barbara Phillips with NPBO, and I wanted to give you a heads up on a webinar that we have coming up Thursday, May 16th, and it will be with a certified healthcare privacy person who has been in charge of a very large healthcare organization and their privacy compliance, HIPAA, and all of that sort of thing. And I think it's very important that all clinicians attend this one because HIPAA affects all of us. And so you can get more information about that at npbusiness.org forward slash privacy matters. And just another quick heads up after that, in June, we'll be talking with someone who has been in charge of the IT compliance to protect the organization. And so this one will be geared toward how do you protect yourself as well as your practice. And I'll be sharing more information about that later. So let's move on with the podcast. This is the NP Business Matters podcast, episode number 18, seven reasons to think twice before starting a business in 2021. Hello, and welcome to the NP Business Matters podcast. I'm your host, Barbara C. Phillips founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner and the Clinician Business Institute, where since 2007, we've been providing education, resources, and support about the business of being a nurse practitioner. To learn more, please visit npbusiness.com and clinicianbusinessinstitute.com. Now, before I get into today's episode, I want to invite you to do a few things. First, head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure that you are subscribed so that you don't miss any episodes. Secondly, leave your feedback and share this podcast with your colleagues. And finally, if you visit npbusiness.com forward slash podcasts, you'll find the show notes, resources, and links not only for today's episode, but for all of our episodes. Today, I'm going to be talking about the things that you may want to consider before you start a business in 2021. Starting a business is a very popular topic. And while I'm passionate about teaching nurse practitioners how to do this, it may not be for you right now, or perhaps not at all. I wrote an article about this a while back, which I'll link to in the show notes. But for right now, given our current healthcare environment, I think it's time to talk about this again. So in no particular order, let's get started. Okay, so again, no particular order here. But number one, your plan is that you're only going to work for a few more years before stopping to perhaps have children, travel, or even retire. Now, getting started takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. And if you think about a plane, most of the energy, most of the fuel is spent during takeoff and far less is spent when you're flying at a cruising altitude. And so if you plan to leave a business after a very short time, you may want to delay it until you're ready for it or avoid starting it altogether. Now, this doesn't mean that particularly those of us that are toward the end of our careers that you can't go out and maybe start a little side hustle. But really, if you're going to do it just for a short amount of time, then it's probably better not to do it altogether. Number two, 
you want to focus strictly on your patients. And of course, that's something that we all want to do. But here's what I'm seeing. There are more and more business startups that promise nurse practitioners and other clinicians that they will manage every aspect of your business so that all you need to do is see patients. And again, that that sounds good because, of course, that's that's is what we want to do is take care of our patients. But you need to consider this. And, th- and this is the, the big thing that I see here is you're paying someone to manage all of the business aspect of your practice. How then are you truly the business owner? It's almost like paying your employer to manage the business so that all you need to sue is see your patients. So instead of your employer paying you, you're paying your employer. Because if you think about it as an employee, they manage all of the business aspects of it. And of course, again, this is what we want to do is spend time with our patients. However, if you want to be a business owner, then you need to be a business owner. If you don't know what's really happening and you're paying these people, you don't understand what's going on, how do you understand how your money is being managed, how the billing is being done, if it's being done correctly, or is it being done fraudulently? Do you have an understanding of what it takes to manage your business? Should you want to sever ties with that particular company, you may find yourself in a pickle. Perhaps you're having to use their proprietary software. So are you going to be able to get all of your data um, for your billing or for your EMR? If you don't understand how to run the business, have you really even looked carefully at the policies and procedures that they want you to follow as well as the contracts that you've signed up with? Is there a fee for you getting out of that contract ahead of time? When you are managing your own practice, you determine the vision, your policies, your procedures, who you can hire, how things are going to be done. I think it's very dangerous for any of us to hand over the operations of our business entirely to somebody else. When we're running our own practice, it does mean that we'll focus on our patients, but we'll also have to pay attention to our staff, bills that need to be paid, our outstanding AR. Gosh, what's even happening to the plumbing among a few other things? But when it's your business, you actually do have the control And the other part of this is you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to your patients, to your employees, to your community, as well as to your family and to yourself. Do you really want to hand the control of all of that to some company? Think about that very carefully before you go down that path. Number three, you're a recent graduate of your nurse practitioner program. Congratulations and welcome to the profession. But is it time to start a practice? I actually get this question a lot. I hear a lot from new or recent graduates who cannot find a job, and so they want to start a practice. 
If this is you, first of all, I invite you to go back to episode number 14 of the NP Business Matters podcast and listen to my interview with Renee Daring. It was on finding your perfect job. And she talks about things that you can do to increase the likelihood that your application actually makes it in front of human eyes. Things to consider when you're looking for a job and so much more. She has been coaching nurse practitioners on career choices and jobs for a very long time. So make sure you go back and listen to that if this fits you. So beyond that, I always recommend that new graduates take the first few years or more following graduation to really hone their skills as a nurse practitioner. It's really important that you get your NP legs, if you will. You get them strong, just like if you're going to see, you want your C legs. In this case, you want your NP legs. Now, of course, there's always exceptions to that rule, and I've talked about them before. For instance, a brand new psych NP who actually was a therapist for 10 years in her own practice before going to NP school and and getting that psych certificate. In this case, it was completely doable as the new NP actually hired a mentor who could help her work through the portions that were beyond her skills as a therapist, and it worked out just fine. So number four, you work hard all day and you expect to go home at five o'clock in the afternoon. Well, we would all like that. And the truth is that many of us, whether we're self-employed or not, often stay in the office to finish up patient calls, do our documentation, maybe we have some prior authorizations to get or other paperwork. However, as a business owner, you'll have another of other responsibilities that you have to attend to on an ongoing basis. So will it always be like that? You know, it doesn't really have to. You certainly can design your practice to fit your lifestyle as well as your personal, financial, and professional goals. Even so, you still have to devote time to be working on your business, including at home. Number five, you're risk adverse. You don't like the idea of putting yourself at risk and that idea of having any part of your life at risk gives you an anxiety attack, then this is something you need to reconsider. There's all kinds of risks when we start a business. Cash flow issues, which by the way is the number one cause of business failure. Going into debt, having this hang over our shoulders when we want to be done with it. There are risks involved. And we all want to be in a place where we don't have risk, but there's just no guarantee to this. So if you are risk adverse at all, you really need to think about this. And of course, this is where good planning, good financial management are really key, which leads us into number six. You have no money no job, a poor credit rating, no way to obtain any kind of startup capital. So I'm going to say this right here, right now. Stop. Starting a business with no money or resources sounds too good to be true, right? And yet we do see advertisements often that you can start a business with absolutely nothing. Well, don't fall for that. 
you while you can start a practice on a shoestring budget and bootstrap the entire thing, you still have to have that bootstrap budget. You need money for living expenses as well as all the business expenses and overhead such as rent, supplies, equipment, insurance, staff, um, your EMR, so much that that you have to have some cash to get started with. So save up your money, repair your credit, explore other funding options if necessary. A lot of clinicians will work full-time, part-time, some kind of a side hustle while they're starting a small part-time practice. The last thing you want to do is incur even more debt as you start this practice. So you really need to think about that. And that leads into number seven. You've got huge debt and poor financial habits. One of the keys to managing business is to understand about your own finances and how to manage them. And your household is just like a business, if you will. And if your financial habits and how you run your quote unquote home business, you know, you're just going to carry those poor habits over to your practice. Many, many, many success coaches and business coaches over the years have said, how you do anything is how you do everything. Which essentially is saying that you're going to bring those habits, those poor habits that you have at home over to your business. If this is an issue for you, it's crucial that you take a class in financial management, budgeting, etc. There are a lot of programs that are available today to help you get a handle on your home finances so that you're better prepared for business. And related to this, I often hear from nurse practitioners who are desperate to start a business and make money immediately. That rarely happens. It takes time to find patients, get credentialed, reimbursed, all of those things that go along with business. Do not, do not expect to leave your six-figure job and make six figures in your practice in three months. It's not going to happen. Or perhaps I should say, it's rarely going to happen. Okay, I know I said seven reasons at the top of this podcast, but here's number eight. Let's talk about where we are at the time of this recording. It's early 2021. We've just come out of 2020. And for many of us, it feels like we're still there. We still have a huge public health crisis going on. And that's just not going to end anytime soon. As unbelievable as it sounds in this time of of public health emergencies, a lot of nurse practitioners have lost their jobs. And there are practices that have failed. At the same time, believe it or not, there are businesses that have done very well. They've even thrived. And I believe that those businesses had good plans and financial management skills behind them. They also possessed the vision and the creativity to see just how else they could meet the needs of their patients and clients. And they had the agility to pivot and adjust as needed. Does that mean you should not start a business right now? Not at all. That is not what I'm saying. 
And while my own crystal ball is a bit murky, you certainly can increase the chances of your own success. And that starts out with that planning. Do an assessment. That's always the first step of starting any business. And if you go back to episode number one of this podcast, I talked about the things that you need to do before you start a practice. So make sure that your own house is in order. Plan, plan, and then plan again. Get the help that you need from a business coach or perhaps a financial coach. Gather a team around you. Head over to Clinician Business Institute and you can find more information certainly about different courses that are available to you or for that matter even coaching or consultation. The biggest thing that I want you to think about as you think about going into a business this year or any year for that matter, is to go ahead and think big. Think really big, but plan. Plan and plan some more and then start small so that you will increase your chance of success. I hope you have found this helpful. Starting a business of any kind is not for the faint of heart. And my goal here at NPBO is to help you not only get off to a good start, but to have a successful business for years to come. I want to remind you to go on over to the show notes at npbusiness.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find the links to the podcasts that I mentioned, plus the resources. Feel free to leave a comment or any questions that you have there as well. I appreciate you spending time with me today and sharing the podcast with your colleagues. This is Barbara C. Phillips, founder of Nurse Practitioner Business Owner. I look forward to talking with you again on the next episode of the NP Business Matters podcast. Bye-bye now.